a great Australian sprinter, nature's type, and Dave McDonald, and look how far they've won by. Can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying! The autumn sun, boy, you'll have to be good to win from there. Artorias pounces, bombs them, and wins! Welcome back, everybody, after a pretty full-on weekend. We had the AFL Grand Final weekend, and we had, I think we ended up having four group ones around the tracks for the weekend. So hope everybody had a fill-up. Hope everybody had a good day on the punt, and hope everybody cheered home Brisbane because we fucking didn't. Nah, it, was a, it was a pretty good day. There's a fair bit of racing to break down, which we'll duly get to. But I'm joined by the CEO himself once again, mate. How are you? Fantastic. Like you said, not great to see Collingwood win, but great to see the lottery on fire. Yeah, we did have we, – we, we, we we struggled a little bit early, but we did find some ground later on. Um, how did you go on the pump personally? Like big big weekend, obviously. So how we go across a couple of days? I didn't go massive on the races. I had a little bit on the footy, of course. But in terms of the races, I think I was honestly, I reckon I was around about probably sixty percent. Yeah. So literally, I think it was literally six from ten. So not yeah. too bad. There you go. Take That's what right. Exactly right. But it was it was a good weekend of racing. There was a couple of absolute highlights from the valley that will. Julie gets you in some coming minutes and a couple of good races from the Sydney Sydney up as well and some pr- pretty promising horses coming through there. But uh, I'll just go through a little bit of news right now before we get to the review. A couple of more of the Everest slots have been booked up. So I think we're only one one slot away. I think pretty much every slot's been booked because it it, it's next Saturday. So they want to start filling them. So Hawaii 5 has been booked in after that absolute second to... Um, Think about it on the weekend, and I was hoping he wouldn't pip him because I was struggling before thinking about it got up. So, but yeah, Hawaii 5 put in a good effort, and he's duly been locked up straight away from that. Uh, Espiona, who I also mentioned, I think it was in the last review, in the last review, in the look back uh, episode, that she was getting spooked to go to slot. But yeah, Chris Wallace put her in for his slot. So he obviously has got a good eye for it, and he he backs her. But I like when I seen her go up as she's got a slot, I was like, oh, like she's probably going to win now. Like, no, no one yeah, me, exactly. but like. I really can't see her being like being being competitive in it, but who knows? Like you never know with these things. I didn't think Gear Keeper would win it last year, and he's come out to be one of the, one of our best horses ever since. So you never know. And then Coolmore is also booked in Shinzo. He had, he had a good, pretty good trial on Monday or Tuesday, like just recently. So hoping, like he put up lame from his first start, um, first up run in the Golden Golden Rose, but like yeah, like he put up lame from that. But he's had a good trial since. So the Coolmore are pretty confident in him, and they've pretty much booked him in for that. So Hawaii 5 Espiona, and Shinzo are all locked into the Everest, and I think there's still one slot to be uh, handed out. So I'd assume that's probably going to come after this Saturday. After they, I think there's probably only a couple more races this Saturday that are probably Everest-worthy. So I reckon whoever massive. wins... It's going to be a massive weekend next weekend. I'm thinking about going to the Guineas now. Yeah, I was very... Very torn about. I, I had every plan of going, but I do have other plans <laughs> of all the weekends of my life I can't go to. That's going to be Guineas weekend, but yeah, like they're going to have Everest Day in Guineas. You got like, like it's literally it, it is the best day of racing next, like all year. It's the best day of racing. You got Everest, you got the Kosciuszko, you got the new Group One, the King Charles. Like you've got, and then you got three or four Group Ones then at Caulfield. It's like the, the, every single court, like this is what spring racing is all about, and. I think it's going to be better than Derby Day this year. I think Guinea's Day next week is one of the best days of racing you'll ever see in a long time. Uh, another one that I'm just going to know, like I'm not a big follower of uh, like the international state, but I am somewhat, but the I'm, not, I'm, I'm going to absolutely butcher this. I know I am, but it's the world's rate, the world's highest rating race. It's like the Guitar Prix de la Arc de Triomphe. It's like, this is like... You sound a, like you nailed it. I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, like it's... It's uh, it's the best race in France, not in the world. 
Is it in France? Yep, it's yeah. in France. I, was, I thought seven yeah. get up the tree. I was, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. So yeah. So, but like everybody, like if you want it, like this is this is kind of like, it's not like an like our Melbourne Cup, but it's every year this horse, like the horse that wins this, is like an absolute like it's the best horse. It's the best race. If you win this race, it's like there's no there's no better rating race in the world besides the Ark. And a horse has come out and won it. It's its name's Ace Impact, and it's since. It was five from five. Now it's six from six. It's a it's a French bred horse, and I don't know what they're going to do with it. But like this horse has remained undefeated, and it won. I watched the replay of it. Like I was didn't watch it live or anything, but after a one, I seen the like Ace Impact wins the arc, and I went back and watched the replay. And it's, it's only a twenty four hundred meter race, but he would have come from maybe oh like the, the, it's the world's best rate of horses, and he and he made him look like benchmark sixty two horses. Really, absolutely tranced him so. I don't know what he's going to end up because I think Equinox right now is their world's is the world's highest rating horse, but that win in the arc was just too good. So I just I think that Ace Impact is probably going to take over um, Equinox's to be the high, the highest rating horse in the world, but I'm not really too sure. Like they, they they put a poll out on Twitter and they were like, who like at the end of the year who's going to be the highest rated horse? And I I picked Ace Impact, but like eighty percent of the other people would tip Equinox. So yeah, right. I'm not too sure, but I like Real from, typical horse names too. I yeah. Like them. But no, like, all honest, but they seem like I can't wait to see what that horse does and what races he goes to. And a little bit of like just a little quick news. One of our Australian horses has been getting around for a bit. Uh, Floating Artist has just he pulled up. He, he ran last weekend or the weekend before and pulled up with the muscle injury from that. And he's, he's since been retired and he was, he was a pretty good horse like in his heyday. Um, yeah. He had a pretty good win a couple of weeks ago. And I think I might have been on him then, but he won a good race. But yeah, it looked, it looked like he was back in all force, but he's since had an injury and they've retired him to the paddock so he's going to have a good rest up for a while now um but other than that i think that's a really bad effort for the news uh we might head to a quick uh break now and then we're going to come back with our reviews of the valley and ranwick uh let's have a quick look through ranwick i reckon there was pretty good races there a couple of couple of Absolute flops, in my opinion. There was a couple of Group One horses in that race, and a couple of really good Group One races for the day. So we'll break it down race by race. Uh, race one, Loving Silla won the midway, just standard midway race. I don't mean like unless it's a really good horse or something, I don't really take too much attention to it. But I'll give Tyler Shiel that it was a good run, and it was a good run in transit. These midways can often throw up a pretty hefty price winner. So two hundred six dollars fifty and win only won by a bit. I thought Blake Shin and Phillips Bird were. were Probably going to get it late, but yeah, loving a siddler just hold on late and was an honorable winner to start the day at Randwick. Uh, race two was the Gim Crack, and this is where we start to get into these interesting races with the uh, all two year olds having their first starts. And Manal was just pretty dominant, to be honest. Like it, it wasn't the best session, it was like for these two year olds, they're still they're still learning their ropes, they still got a lot to learn. But Manal had an 1191 last 200 meters. That like that was the best of the like of the entire race. So that just goes to show they weren't really going that quick or anything. They still got a lot to learn. Celestial Bling right behind it had the worst run of the race and still managed to get second by point one of a length. So I think Celestial Bling is definitely the one to follow out of the race. I think with Clear Air, she definitely would have had a better run and she probably would have, she probably should have beaten Manal in my humble opinion. So I'm gonna think we'll be following Celestial Bling, but the favorite uh, Lady of Camelot had the worst run of the race. She was three wide the entire trip. Never really got into her comfort zone. She was fighting the jockey the whole way, and she still reeled off a ten ninety eight split from the four hundred for the two hundred. So I think a thousand meters eleven, like she definitely would need to stay a sprinter for the while. But I wouldn't be expecting her to go over any more than twelve hundred this prep. 
Uh, race three, the favourite Scampi drifted massively late and I think deservedly so. I think when we first looked at the market, it was probably like, oh, it might have been like $1.80 from, from memory. But yeah, Blake Shin just doing Blake Shin things. Espionage wins at $8.50 and just couldn't be couldn't be riding better that Blake. He, I think he might have had a place in the first or second race as well. So I, I, I definitely like the Gimcracks. Um, for more than this one, uh, I think the Phillies definitely have the Colts covered in this kind of thing. But like, I'm not too like the sectionals didn't stack up overly. The Phillies definitely had the better sectionals than the um than the Colts. So I'm not too, like you, you. You still have to watch them do a couple more races and understand more. But there was a, definitely from the two of them, nothing really put their hand up and was like, I'm a fucking gun two year old. Like whereas a couple other years ago, you have had those ones like Cool and Gatter. A couple of years ago, put her hand up and she's gone on to salute. So. I don't know about this crop of two-year-old yet. We need to see a couple more races and see what they can evoke to. Uh, but race four was the Bisley Workwell benchmark, benchmark 88 and unspoken is just in some form right now. Uh, I, I didn't think that the the race, like the track of the day, was going to play too much uh, leader pace because it was a Randwick, rail and true, it tends to play pretty fairly. But a lot of the day, like you needed to be on the railing, you need to be riding the speed and Unspoken did exactly that. She was she wasn't leading, I'll give her that, but she was probably like on the rail, maybe like two or three back. And Tommy Sherry just absolutely launched on that rail, and the, like the rail obviously had the best grand for the day, and like a, a lot of a lot of the winners for the day did come up the rail. So that definitely where the best grand was for the day. And Unspoken just respect to that. Like Julie had had a great run the race, find a gap late and put into pay. And I think she might be like two or three in a row right now. She's definitely in, in some good form. Oteva was pretty much only beaten because Drew 15 didn't, never got the right run in the race and it got backed massively late, but I just didn't think people were expecting that uh, type of track, like that track bias this early in the day. So I was probably going to pay more. It was hoping to play more fairly, but it didn't. And this is kind of where the trend just started for the day that back markers couldn't really make up as much ground as they wanted to. And that's pretty much the same thing with race five of the Dubs Fire. Tom Kitten just never really looked like this is probably this is my flop of the day. Just it looked to have every like it looked to have every possible, but just absolutely produced nothing. Like still come third by like point out point out of length, but just like the run, it, it just didn't do it. Like I was so the last two runs were so much better, I think. I don't know if it's just like getting worn out, like if it's just come to the end of its prep, like I just don't know. But like Ambare had the exact opposite. Cushy run on the rail, 26 bucks, Timmy Clark, like. You can't argue with that. It's pretty much the same thing as unspoken. Like those rail runs, ride at this track this time of year is just so perfect. Like it, it, it definitely played into its part. Like probably with a fairer track, you might have had a different result. But like for these couple of early races, this is where the rail was really starting to become prominent. You had to start backing horses on the rail. So again, Barre, like Timmy Clark read it perfectly and won a twenty six dollars. So you can't really argue if you back if you were backing that, but. Same thing in the flight stakes. Uh, the CEO's best bet, and I was pretty keen on Tiz Invincible as well. Just three wide the trip, never ever got into it. Was just caught wide, had so much work to do. Whereas Tropical Squall up the front, Adam Hieronymus, Gay Waterhouse, and Andrew and Bot would just had everything go right for it. And like it looked to be winning with the leg in the air. Like it really I was should be flying too. Yeah, I know. I, it was. I was really like I, I just didn't think. Like when I was doing like when I was looking at the races, I was expecting like to play more fairly and. Not to be playing like that. Like if if you, if I knew that like the race the track would be playing like that, like Tropical Squall would definitely would have been up there more than it was in my numbers. But he proved exactly that. Rode the fence, rode the speed, and just absolutely kicked on him late. And like not really kicked on him late, but put a gap on him early enough that he just mathematically they couldn't run him down. 
Um, but yeah, like th- that's how Waterhouse and Bike train their horses. They train the rival speed and kick, and it's arguably be like, like that's why they're probably like one of the greatest training duos in the world at the moment. Um, Molly Nickers was brave and fourth. The track pattern definitely didn't help. In Molly Nickers' case, she needs a more fair track and be able to make ground for the day. But I think like Tropical Spoil was definitely you, you still can't knock you still can't knock the win off that like off that placing. Um, definitely. Definitely one to follow for some more Group 1s this prep. Like, that was the first Group 1 for Tropical Squall. So I'm not really too sure what they're going to aim him for, but I think he's, you're like, you can't not follow that form. I think that form is still pretty good. The track advantage for the day definitely did help, but it's still honest with the form. Still definitely would be following it. Uh, race 7, think about it. Finally, we had a winner for the day at Randwick. We were looking pretty slim pickers before that, and since, like, since think, think about it, one, and, like, I thought Hawaii 5 was going to be a massive, like when she loomed, I was like, oh no, here we go. I thought I was going to have another loss for the day, but like it was kind of the same thing as all the other races. Think about it, had the lead, had the rail, and it just proved too good. Hawaii 5 0, like the, the ground that she did make up late was absolutely through the roof. She had the second, she had the second fastest final 200 in 1136 of the entire meeting. So for her to make up that ground that late against that track pattern is through the roof and she's since heard an ever slot for that which i think is duly respectable from that so i think think about it's being crunched in the betting as well for the everest so i don't really really i don't know about think about it in the everest like i like you can't knock with like it's going for like 10 or 11 in a row now so I, like if, if it keeps winning you never know but i just don't know if this form's gonna be good enough like it, it had a 1089 from the 400 to the 200 which is a pretty good split for the 400 to the 200 but just depends on the day if they're going to be able to make grand up or not but I'm not too sure. I, I don't know if this is the best form to be taken in the Everest, but they've backed away 5 in, and she's definitely one of, yeah, like the sexual she made up late off that off that track was just through the roof. So all one is with, think about it, won the race, had the perfect ride and race, but yeah, Hawaii 5 is definitely one to watch out for. Uh, Redina, on the tab Epsom and like just pretty much the same thing. We were on, we were on Cova Lika each way and, the inevitable each way, and I'll, I'll give the inevitable that it just had no luck. Had the worst run of the race. Never ever got clear air. Got shuffled back early. Never got put into it. Where Redina rode the speed, had the perfect thing. Kavi O'Hara put it to pay. Really, like it looked like it was going to win with a leg in the air, but all of a sudden down the outside, you see Kova Lake running in there. They're like, "Ah, oh, shit, here we go!" And we had it at each way odds, pretty backable odds too. Still paid three twenty a place or something in the end, and I think it was like. With a fair track, definitely should have won. But Cova Lake, you did have the fastest last 600 metres of the entire meeting in 32.95. So kind of the same with Hawaii 5-0 in the last race. Like to be able to make the best sessions off that on a very like leader's leader bias day is huge. So Hawaii 5-0 and Cova Lake are definitely something to follow in the next couple of races, especially if they get even even tracks. Uh, and then in the Metrop, just fine. Just It didn't justify the short odds, but the CEO did tip to put Reg each way at $46 and $8.50 a place. And I don't think he even remembered it to me. I think I might have brought it up to him after. And he was a bit one-eyed. It might have been a one-eyed Larry by then, but he was still pretty happy with it. Yeah, I've, I don't remember tipping it on the pod, um, but there you go. I remember getting lipped off for it. But yeah, like it, it was a real like those two absolutely gapped the rest. Like I can't like that was probably Spirit Ridge's best run in its entire career. Like going two lengths off winning it. Yeah, it's, it's like and just fine. Like she she's gone like she's been backed massively in the Caulfield Cup and the in the Melbourne Cup market. So all honest with Spirit Ridge, like it was really between the two of them and like in the last Freaking thing. Bayless. Yeah, massive. Peak ever from Spirit Ridge, but you can't lock just fine. Just this winning form right now, she's in is just too good to believe. So. 
onwards to the Melbourne Cup and the Caulfield Cup. I'm not too sure which one they're going to go to or what races they do target in the further. But yeah, like this winning form right now is too good. And they did absolutely gap the rest. Like the, the track advantage definitely played somewhat of a part in it. But I wouldn't be taking that too much because they did gap them in the end. And I think Just Fine still won the follow. And Airman in the last, we did tip that at pretty good odds as well. But it, it got crunched into like $3, like $3, $4 late. I think we tipped it around six fifty, but yeah, we were like the the way we said the race was going to run, pretty much exactly was what happened. Kabu led, and we just thought like red and led and just run him into the ground early, but just ran out of steam late, and it's pretty much against the pattern for the day because a lot of the horses wrote the speed one, but I think Kabu was probably the only leader who like in the lean division who finished about last. Like he just used so much room, like like so much room early, and just. Took everything out of him, whereas Airman was sitting perfect with Zach Lloyd, had him just sitting like just off the speed. And, and when Kabu started to go back, Airman just went fucking Wooshka and absolutely saluted. Had a 33-44, which was the fastest last 600 metres of the entire race. So definitely we had the best session. Was in it. it backed it up to the OI2 because he looked he, like he went straight by everyone. So all honest with the Ram, pretty good racing there between that and the Valley. Uh, not really too much to note out of the meeting, but like there's some definitely good horses to follow out of that. Some really good group run races to watch, and all honors with Amelia's Jewel and Co. So I think Amelia's Jewel and probably yeah, I think Amelia's Jewel and Regina, yeah, definitely Regina are definitely the two to follow coming up. I think Regina with the, with a the leading bias track is still one to follow because that Epsom win was still pretty good to believe. So all honors with the day of racing, and I think that's about it from the main CEO for this episode. Yep. Do you have anything on, else you, tonight, mate? No, you dominated, mate, as per usual. Beautiful. So we'll catch you all next week on Friday morning with our tips for the weekend. So I hope you have a happy and safe weekend, and we'll see you on Friday morning.